Hello and welcome to the List 6 AFL podcast. I'm your host, John Van Norton, and I'm here today uh, without my usual co-host, uh, Sean. Sean couldn't make it this week, um, but I thought I'd release a short podcast anyway, uh, because, yeah, it's always good to be talking about footy, and uh, there's definitely some interesting topics to talk about. So this week, I'd like to focus on uh, the SSP. Um, so the SSP is something that came in uh, this year. Uh, so if you're paying attention, it's called the, uh, the pre-season supplemental selection period. Uh, and this is the period where players that have been either previously uh, played in the AFL and no longer are in the game or are going to come through an alternate system as in they've nominated for the draft in the past but haven't been selected, uh, they can now be selected through this SSP period. Um, so the SSP period obviously already had quite an influence on the off-season this year. I think there might have been about 10 players selected. Uh, those players were uh, Matt Cottrell and Michael Gibbons went to Carlton. Zach Clark went to Essendon. Shane Mumford went to Greater Western Sydney. Corey Wagner went to Melbourne. Tom Campbell to North Melbourne. Mav Waller and Sydney Stack went to Richmond. And Keegan Brooksby went to West Coast. Uh, now, as you can see, in most cases, it wasn't the players that had previously nominated for a draft um, and had been unselected that that were selected through this. Um, so the only players that were selected by that were Michael uh, Michael Gibbons, Matt Cottrell, and Sydney Stack. Um, but I think that the rule, uh, the ruling itself, actually lends itself to. Um, being taken advantage of especially in the next 12 to 24 months because people didn't really have time to prepare this year when they introduced the rule but if clubs had had uh, six to seven months to prepare for this rule then they probably would have um, approached a lot of the players that have been playing in the VFL, the Sandful, the Waffle, the Neeful, any state league competition Uh, and if they're nominated for the draft previously they would just tell them listen we'll sign you as a rookie if you avoid the draft and the some of the better players um, would probably be able to avoid the draft altogether because they would be guaranteed a list spot. I mean, there's benefits to nominating for the draft, like your salary is probably higher. I think you might get an extra two, like a two-year contract rather than a one-year rookie contract. Um, so that's obviously better, but you can't pick the club that you go to. Um, and there are a lot of players this year, um, guys like Matt Parker, who's at St. Uh, St. Kilda, um, I'm trying to think of a couple of others. Uh, Aaron Nitschke, Nick Hind, Marty Hall, Lockie Schultz, uh, Brett Bewley, um, all of these guys, Darcy Fort um, at Geelong, Robbie Young at St Kilda also. Uh, all these players are, are mature age players that have nominated for the draft before and next year they would be able to walk around the draft. So expect to see that in 2019 draft there's a lot more um, there's a lot more underage players or under 18s players selected in those early rounds. I mean, it's already predominantly under 18s players, but all under 18s players, and, and expect that the players in the that have nominated for a draft before it is going to walk around it. So this really advantages some of the stronger teams in the competition because they have 
both greater resources invested uh, in recruiting. So, I mean, advice would be to any list managers and recruiting managers and anyone involved in that uh, that sort of space at the moment that this is the year to really invest in watching uh, the state league system and taking full advantage while the rule is still as it is. Get as many people to walk around the draft to your club as you possibly can uh, because it gives you some things that you can do and, and sort of by exploiting that rule, if you have two or three players that you know are going to sign with you in that period, which is between December and March 15th this year. But effectively, it's after all of the drafts are finished, about a week after that, the period opens. You can trade away late picks. So um, that's one of the things that you can do is you can sort of dump your late picks. And that's something that the clubs that select two players from the SSP period this year, they were Richmond and Carlton. Um, that's something that they did. So Richmond traded out a late pick for a future pick from Geelong. Um, Carlton traded out, I think it was pick 64. They traded it twice, so they traded 64 for 68 and something, and then 68 and uh, for 75 and something. So they ended up changing that 64 into pick 75 and a 2019 fourth and fifth rounder. And now previ- like previously, Carlton, I'm sure, would have uh, used additional selections either here or in the rookie draft. But because of this rule, they were able to keep additional list spots open. Um, and not only were they able to keep those list spots open, but they were then able to have players train with their club uh, rather than just have to select them based off the information that they'd been given at the time. So they were able to bring in uh, Cottrell and Gibbons and have them train with them for a few months. And then they could have obviously decided not to select those players or select one of them and not select both of them. And it, it was a real advantage for them to be able to use that rule. But I expect to see a lot more clubs doing it next year uh, where a group of players that don't get selected, rather than using uh, your late selections like your 75s and even your rookie selections, holding on to some of those picks and waiting until the draft is done and then inviting as many of the kids that want to train with your club as you can, taking, say, four or five through training and then selecting one after that period is all finished. The obvious advantage to this is that you can look before you leap. Uh, So it's something that every club should really be doing and, and only a few clubs did it, which really surprises me. But... Being able to bring people into your club to train, um, I mean, Richmond did it with Sydney Stack, looking before they leapt, um, means that you can really ensure that the player that you end up selecting truly aligns with your club's values. It might mean that uh, you don't get your preference of player uh, at pick 140 or whatever that is. That might be pick 60 in the rookie draft, but you've got to, you're have got going to have a greater chance of success seeing five kids train with you for a three or four month period before making that selection anyway so you're more likely to get a better player in the long run or at least a player that suits your club better which is the most important thing some of the other things that i expect to happen is that uh you can get additional value by trading picks uh that have replaceable uh equivalent replaceable value so um, sorry for the roundabout way of saying this. What it effectively means is that you're going to have some players, and there were a lot of players this year that were traded for fourth-round draft picks, um, but you're going to have some players in your list that probably sit between 30 and 40 on the list and aren't, uh, aren't irreplaceable, 
They're guys that might be wanted by another club, and I know that uh, Richmond did this this year, uh, where they moved on a couple of players that were around about, sent them to Gold Coast, got a pick. That was the pick that they traded into the future to get that future pick from Geelong. And then they went and selected Mav Waller uh, and Sydney Stack, which are guys that can replace those players, um, the Sam Lloyd and the Anthony Mileses of the world, um, replace them as far as output goes and probably even exceed them in some cases with Sydney Stack. I mean, that was a great selection. But you're able to top up for free and you're able to get draft picks for those players that go out. And that's something that I really think that a club should look to do more of is turn over that bottom of the list, especially when there's another club that's willing to take them and give you a draft pick for them because it just gives you that ability to uh, bank selections for the future where you might actually use them or you might need them. Another thing that this rule probably do uh, is see an increased turnover at the bottom of the list, not just with trades but with delistings because previously once you'd spent a draft pick on a player, uh, you would have to spend another draft pick or a rookie pick to uh, select a new player. So if you delisted somebody, you were committing to using um, an asset like a pick uh, to replace that player in your list but you don't have to do that anymore because you can sign players obviously the free agency period has always been effectively a free shot but this is another free shot so anyone that um, anyone that's at your bottom of your list that's not really going anywhere or is just a good depth player those players probably will have a baseline salary for a longer period of time now because those players can just be turned over so I'd expect that this is going to tilt the uh, the spending and the cap towards the top even further um, and I'd expect that the bottom 10 to 12 on the list would just be on baseline contracts because as I said you're able to then go and select the rookies that you want from from the second tier um, or the state t- the state leagues for, for effectively free now obviously every club's going to be vying for their services but not every club's going to be offering them a list spot so it's a it's a real way of being able to take advantage of that um, that space that you can create on the bottom of the list and um, as I said create some assets that you didn't previously have so that assets can be those future draft picks those assets can be um, cheaper players at the bottom of your list those assets can assets can simply be new players because new players uh, once you've worked out that a player isn't going to be or isn't best 22 after a couple of years um, and there's lots of players like this in the AFL that, that I think most people can see are not going to be best 22 or aren't best 22 but they still get a contract once you've seen that they're not going to be anything you can turn them over with relatively as I said without having to spend anything so it's a um, one takeaway from this is that just embrace this new way of, of going to the draft this is the, the year to take full advantage of this rule um, so invest as much as you can in that second tier um, going and seeing the games going and um, finding as many players as you can and, and make sure that you're really topping up and preparing for that future um, and now sorry, sorry that I talked for 12 minutes it's different doing it all by myself but Sean will be back next week and I'll make sure we get some more content to you soon but thank you for sticking with me and listening to this short podcast and uh, yeah we'll be chatting with you again soon thank you